The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, welcome to the midweek show of The Overwhelmed Brain. This is a bonus episode I throw in on occasion because there's a lot to cover on the subject of life and relationships in our life. If this is your first time hearing the show, make sure you tune in to our regular program every Sunday. And please take everything I talk about in this show as my personal opinion. Always consult a mental health professional for advice before making any serious life changes. All right, I've got um, an interesting subject to talk about today. I received an email with someone who wants to call me out on something. I like to get these. (laughs) I like when somebody tries to challenge me or tell me that something I said was maybe wrong or bad advice or something like that. Not because I want to throw it in their face or anything like that. It's because I get an opportunity to figure out if I, A, know my stuff, do I need more education in that area, or B, am I ignorant, or C, if I misspoke, if I said something that I totally didn't mean to say, that can happen, or D, uh, maybe they're wrong. Maybe they misconstrued or misinterpreted something. We're going to figure that out. I'm going to go through this email, and um, it's all about an episode that I did a few weeks ago uh, uh, from this recording called Sometimes You Have to Take a Stand to Make a Change in Your Life, Even If You're Scared as Hell. So that was a few weeks ago, and somebody wrote to me, and I'm going to read you that. But before I read that, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Neurohacker. If you've listened for a while, you know that I've talked about Neurohacker before, N-E-U-R-O, Hacker. If you're looking to beat brain fog, amplify willpower, and fuel your focus and concentration, visit neurohacker.com and get 50% off your first month and another 15% off when you use the promo code TOB, like the overwhelmed brain, TOB when checking out. Neurohacker.com. All right, here's the email. It goes, Paul, you are brilliant and talented when it comes to analyzing relationships, anxiety, and similar issues. That's why I and thousands of other people listen to your insights about these topics. You are so helpful to people. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's see where this is going, though. (laughs) I would like to offer you some tough love that you are free to take or leave, and it relates to political commentary. You did an excellent job referring to political issues without getting political in the episode called uh, When People Don't Like You. However, you were triggering and offensive to some people, when you wandered too far into the political realm in the episode, sometimes you have to take a stand to make a change. I suggest that close to none of your listeners are racist, and nearly all of them support racial equality and justice. However, these issues are complex, and not all of the supporters, protesters, are homogenous in their views, intentions, and actions. Let me pose a few questions. Did you lose your business as a result of the protests? Did you fear for your life when rioters wandered through your neighborhood? Do you have to worry for the life of a loved one who is a police officer? Do you have to worry about your police department being defunded? Which of these actions do you support or oppose? 
You are doing yourself, your show, and your audience a disservice when you make off-the-cuff political comments. Though you are certainly entitled to your personal views, I hope that you will stick to your areas of talent on your podcast. To show that there are no hard feelings, I will make a small donation today or tomorrow. Keep up the good work. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, and you don't have to make a donation, you know, because you have every right to speak your mind here and tell me what you perceived from that episode. And um, so, again, thank you for sharing this. And I read your email with great interest because I'm still, even today, trying to figure out what you mean. Because in that episode, I really wasn't political. I mean, I set up the episode to talk about how you take a stand for yourself to make the changes in your life. And I used the Black Lives Matters protests as an example of a group of people that were finally fed up and chose to protest. So I used that as an example. And I even said, yes, Black Lives Matter, that is absolutely true. And it's important. And these people are protesting for what they believe in. And so I was really interested in what you said. And so I listened and even printed out the transcript of that episode. And I can't find anywhere that really supports what you're saying I said. And I have a feeling it has to do with the word protester. Because I don't define a protester as a rioter, a looter, someone, a vandalizer, you know, someone who destroys property. I wasn't talking about those people. I was talking about protesters. I was talking about people that really felt like they needed to take a stand for what they believed in. And that was the entire vibe of the intro of how I was setting up that episode. So if you've listened to that episode, I would, I would highly recommend you listen to it again if you misinterpreted that or you thought I was making a political statement that people of color should actually go out there and cause a ruckus or I didn't say any of that. In fact, in the transcript, I didn't see the word riot. I didn't see the word looter. I didn't see the word vandalism. I didn't see the word destruction. I didn't talk about any of that stuff. I talked about people taking a stand for what they felt is right. But I didn't say what action they should take. I just said they should take a stand. And I'm not even talking about people of color. I'm talking about anyone. Everyone should take a stand for what they believe is right. And yes, that might be opposite of what I believe. That might be opposite of what you believe. But you should have the right to do that. You know, this would be a lot different conversation if we were talking about rioters and looters and people who destroy property. It would probably be a lot more different conversation. And some people will say, yes, but if they don't destroy property, no one will listen. I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to promote that, endorse it, or say it's right or say it's wrong. That's not my point. My point is when you feel there's an injustice in your life, whether that's disrespect, whether that's being treated badly at work or at home in a relationship, whether that's being humiliated, embarrassed, shamed, any of these things a hurt physically hurt. And of course, with Black Lives Matter is about getting killed, you know, friends and family getting killed. When you feel 
there's an injustice, like you are being treated unfairly, I still say it's okay to take a stand. I did not talk about rioting. I did not talk about destroying property. I did not talk about defunding the police and everything else that he's talking about here. So I highly recommend to this person who wrote, again, I thank you. I'm not trying to put you down for this. I'm not trying to say you're wrong. In fact, um, there is something, there is a mistake that I made that I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, but before I say that, I highly recommend you listen to the episode again and quote me in what I said that supports what you're saying that I'm endorsing because I couldn't find it. Now, where I'm wrong, where I could use an improvement from that episode, you know, because when you record this, it goes out there and you don't have interaction with people. You can't talk back and forth. Nobody can stop me and say, Hey, what you just said, you know, because it's out there now and it's just a recording. So this is, kind of how we have to deal with it. We have to deal with the aftermath. So whatever's out there is out there. You can hear it. You can pick it apart and you can quote the heck out of me and send it back to me. I want you to do that. If you hear something that doesn't sound right, you know, this is Paul making a political commentary. Quote me when you said, and I quote this, this, and this, and then you send it to me so I can look at it and go, Oh, okay. When I said that, ah, I see what you mean now. Or I can say, well, you're interpreting it this way, but this is really what I'm saying. And this is what I'm going to say to you right now is that it's my responsibility to make sure that what I communicate is done clearly enough. So there is no misinterpretation. Now with a one way conversation like this, there's no way I can do that 100%. However, it's still my responsibility. It's still my responsibility for me to communicate a message so that you don't misinterpret it, so you don't think that it's something else that it's not. But as hard as I may try to do that, it doesn't always work. So I was very careful with my words in that episode and very careful not to make any type of political statement. The only political statement I made was saying, the Black Lives Matter protest. Yes, Black Lives Matter. They absolutely do. I think that was my only political comment. But I may be wrong. Maybe there's an interpretation out there that somebody could pick apart and say, well, when you said this, aha, <laughs> I'm just adding the emphasis there. Um, but that is what I found. So I looked through it and I listened to it and I could not correlate what you said in your email with what I said. So I'm not wholly with you on this. So I'm thinking that the word protester was misinterpreted. And again, that's on me because if I said you need to protest, or I said something like that, like these protesters are doing what's right. I think I said something like that. They, they're doing what they believe is right for them. Again, I'm not talking about the rioters and the looters and the people destroying property. That's a different argument. That's a different conversation. Protesting in itself is standing up for what you believe is right and trying to make a change. And, you know, how you do that is certainly up to everyone to do it in a way that they feel is best. I'm not here to judge anyone's way to do that. There are ways that I certainly may not agree with, but I'm not going to talk about that because that is political and that is my personal opinion, but it doesn't matter either way. It doesn't matter because 
my whole point with that episode, and my whole point in the beginning of this episode, is to say that protesting in itself is what helps create change in your life. Protesting in itself doesn't always include some of the extremes that you see on the news. I like to randomize my news sources and see and hear all kinds of opinions and footage and listen to different people. And I saw many protests where people were peaceful. They were standing up loud and proud, saying what they wanted to say, holding up their signs, and it was peaceful. I thought it was great. There are many sources like that. And then there are news sources that show lots of destruction, lots of burning things down, lots of tipping cars over, lots of looting. And what a lot of people might get out of that is all protesters are violent or all protesters are aggressive. I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that. I I saw more peaceful protesters than than non-peaceful ones. Even in, in that episode, I talked about this young white teenage kid holding up a Black Lives Matter sign on the corner of an intersection. And I thought it was amazing. Wow. I mean, who does that? He's all by himself, traffic going by, and he's standing up for what he believes is an injustice. So before you interpret this as a political message, my responsibility to you, anyone listening to the show, the person who wrote, is to make sure that what I say isn't misinterpreted. Because I do believe and I learned this in NLP a long time ago, the meaning of communication is the response that you get. So the person who wrote to me is responding this way because he felt, and maybe he still does, he felt that the meaning of my communication was that I was making political commentary. And from the vibe of his message, he was saying that maybe I don't understand the fear that people go through. I can't understand because I don't have a business that might have been lost in the riots or having been looted. Or I can't understand because I'm not a police officer or I don't know someone that's a police officer or I'm not worried about the police department being defunded. Those are all separate issues that have nothing to do with that episode I'm referring to. It has a lot to do with the Black Lives Matter protests because those protests expanded into many many of the things he mentions in his message to me. But I wasn't addressing those. I wasn't making a political comment. Like I said, I made that one small political comment that they absolutely do matter. And as much as I actually wanted to find my mistake or, or my crossing the line or my political commentary, I tried and I couldn't find it. I re-listened, I looked at the transcript, and I couldn't find it. So if you find it, throw it at me. <laughs> I always address people who call me out on the air because I want full transparency and I want the listeners to make their own decisions, make their own judgments about me and put it out there so that everyone knows that I'm trying to be as um, open as I can about everything I talk about. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to inject any political agenda. I'm not trying to make anyone lean left or right. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm just here doing what I do best. Like he said, I analyze relationships, anxiety, and similar issues. You're right. I think I do that best as well. I really do stay away from the political spectrum. I do have personal opinions, but they don't matter. My personal opinions don't really matter unless they help to empower you. And I have shared personal opinions on this show before. I usually do not 
go near the political spectrum because people can misinterpret. People can believe I might have an agenda. People will start to suspect there might be something more, like I'm starting to shift the show or shift my ideology. I don't know. There's all kinds of things that could stem from that. So I usually stay away from it. And this is a perfect example of it. Again, he may not be wrong in his mind. I'm not saying that you're wrong in your mind. What you heard is what you heard and what you interpreted is what you interpreted. Uh, But when I look back at that, uh, going into it, I had no intention of making it political. And listening to it again, I didn't hear anything political except for that one comment. And it really was just a setup for standing up for yourself, standing up for the injustice in the way that empowers you and in a way that stops the injustice. It stops the bad behavior of others. I'm just saying when we bring this back to the local level, and I mean very local, I mean you personally, when there's an injustice, when somebody is disrespecting you, when somebody is treating you badly, that it's probably not a good idea to let it continue. So the episode I'm talking about had to do with discovering anything that's radioactive in your life and taking a stand against that, getting away from the radioactivity, or at least finding a way to dissolve or diminish it. Because that is vital. I can't tell you how many times there has been radioactive activity in my life. I just use that as a term. Radioactivity in the sense of, oh, I got this mean boss, or I got this terrible relationship Or this neighbor just won't leave me alone. What do I do? It's so, I look at it as radioactive. It's very toxic. What do I do? What do I do? Does that mean you should always just stand up and say back off and get out of my face? No, it doesn't mean that. And it doesn't not mean that. It just means you have to do something. You have to do something. And if you've done a lot of somethings for weeks, months, years, and nothing has changed, then maybe you'll have to do something more. Maybe you'll have to do something bigger. Again, don't misinterpret that. (laughs) That doesn't mean, you know, I want you to take it to the extreme. I like the systematic approach where you start off being nice. You know what? We've had our differences. I just want to say, I'm sorry for whatever I did. If you're in an environment that's toxic and you just can't seem to work out the differences, I personally like to take a step out of the situation. So I picture myself getting out of the middle of this thing that is toxic. And then I approach it with a fresh perspective. I I step back in it and then I just apologize, even if I know I'm not wrong. This may not be for you, but this is my first step. My first step is, even if I know I'm not wrong, and it's been going on for a really long time, I will probably start off with an apology. And this is how my apology would go. Look, I just want to apologize for anything that I might have said that might have been misconstrued or misinterpreted or anything that I said that might have come from a place of ignorance. I want to apologize for all of that because I realize that I'm not perfect. I realize that I have a lot of learning to do and I just want to say I'm sorry. So this doesn't say, hey, it's all my fault. It just says, you know, I take responsibility 
for how I interpreted things, how I communicated, for anything that I might have said, and I might even add this, for anything that I might have said that sounded aggressive or hurtful, I just want to say I'm sorry. I think that's a great way to approach things. It may not work for you, like I said, and this may be very context dependent. Depending on the context, like an angry neighbor, you've been angry at each other for years. In a context like that, I would probably just say, you know what, I got to get past this. I can't just go outside and try to avoid my neighbor every day. I got to go over there and apologize. And then my girlfriend would be like, what? It's not your fault. It's his fault. It's nothing you did. It's what he did. But I would want to clear the air. I would want to take the first step because it's a vulnerable step. It's a place that I may not really want to go because I just want to, you know, stick my finger up <laughs> at him and say, I'm not doing this anymore with you. You're the problem. But, you know, let's just see where this goes. So I'm going to try to take all the wind out of his sails, all the negative energy of what's driving him to be so upset with me all the time and just be vulnerable and just say, look, I'm sorry. And like everything I just said and see what he says. And he could say, you should be sorry. You're a son of a, and I can't stand you. And I can't wait till you move. He could say that, but at least I tried, you know, if, if that's where it goes, at least I tried, but I guarantee you it will or I almost guarantee you. It usually never ever goes in the direction of him apologizing to me or someone that is acting badly around you, apologizing to you. It usually doesn't go that way. They like to stay in their righteousness. They like to be in that place. Again, depends on the person and the context, but typically this is what I see and probably what you see. Someone who's always treating you badly and angry or upset with you is probably going to stay in their place. But this is why I prefer this technique or not even a technique. It's just a different approach. My approach is, okay, I'm going to apologize. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry for this and this and this. And then see what he says or whoever you're dealing with, a woman, a man, anyone. And they could say, you know, too bad. I, I, I'm still angry at you and I'll never stop being angry with you. Get off my lawn. And that might be the way it is. But I did my part. I like to look at that as you have passed the baton. You have given them the ball. And now they can either toss it back and now you're playing and it's great or they keep it and there's nothing more you can do. You've done your part. You brought over the apple pie and you said, here, let's let bygones be bygones and just move forward. You've done your part and they could still be angry and that's fine. Um, and you just have to deal with it. Or they could go in the total opposite direction. Hey, you know what? I'm really glad you said that. You know, I was really angry for a long time and I'd like to apologize too. Imagine that. I can already hear people saying, yeah, that's <laughs> never going to happen. But it can. I've seen this happen. When I step up and apologize, even when I don't feel like apologizing because I'm still, uh, I want to be right. I want to keep my anger. I want to make sure that they know they haven't beat me. They have no control over me. But when it goes the opposite direction and you are the first to stand up, wow, this can change a lot of things. This can change the situation completely. That radiation could just disappear. So imagine the person that is always treating you badly and you say, look, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about 
how I came across. I'm sorry. Maybe I was ignorant. Maybe I was this. I just want to apologize. I truly am sorry. And they said, wow, I'm so glad you said that. I was so angry for so long. And you saying that, it makes me realize that, you know, perhaps I was a little harsh on you as well. And now you're getting their apology in any way they give it. They may not say, I'm sorry. They may not say, I forgive you. They may not say any of that stuff, but you're going to sense their energy or you're going to hear the inflection in their voice. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. You know, I've been thinking that this has been going on way too long, but they only came to that place because for the first time they feel safe going there. This is what happens when you open up the space for someone and you start off by being vulnerable yourself is that space that you just put yourself in becomes available to them as well. That can be huge. That can be the biggest step forward that you both can take to rectify the situation, to get past it. Again, this may not work. It may go in the opposite direction, but either way, you end up giving them the ball. You end up doing your part. And what's great about that is no matter which response they have to what you just said, they now have to sit on it. And uh, if they're the type of person that wants to stay right and just is so angry with you, they're also going to have that little battle inside them that says, geez, you know, they apologize. Oh, that makes me so angry that they apologize, but they did. And now I have to battle this because that's really what I wanted them to do. I wanted them to admit they were wrong, but I'm still angry. And what do I do with this? So now they have this other battle that they're fighting inside and hopefully they won't let it eat away at them. Hopefully they will approach you and say, you know, I've been thinking about it and I would like to get past this too. This describes an ideal scenario. I know it's usually never this easy, but I do believe it's a good approach. So this may not be a protest like I was talking about at the beginning, but protesting in general by itself is simply expressing your disapproval. You're expressing something that you don't like and that you would like to stop. And so if your neighbor continues to park on your lawn and you're getting sick of it, you might have to stand up and protest. You might have to go over there and say, hey, look, you know, could you please stop parking on my lawn? And they might say, well, it was my lawn before you bought the house, so I'm going to continue parking there. They might say something like that. And you might have to go over again and say, you know, I really don't want to do this, but if you don't stop parking on my lawn, I'm going to have to call someone. And then, of course, the feud starts and you go back and forth and then the anger and then then there's somebody burning out in the lawn and then they don't admit that they did it and it gets worse and worse and worse. And now you have a terrible neighbor that you can't stand. And what do you do from that point? It gets so entrenched in the emotional weeds that you really can't even stand looking at each other anymore. And now you have this anger all the time and you can't even go out of your house without feeling it. So that's why I talk about there's a time when you have to stand up and do something about it. And standing up doesn't always mean going against the grain. It it can be, and this is kind of the point I'm making in this episode, is that it can also be kind of a reverse. It may not work for the Black Lives Matter protest. That's a whole different issue, a whole different thing. And I'm not here to comment on that. But in this scenario where you bring it back to the most local you can get yourself, how do you stand up for yourself? What do you do? 
so that you can stop the injustice, so you can stop the bad behavior. It could be that you have to take a stand. You have to, in this case, call the authorities. You have to call a site surveyor and get your land surveyed. You have to do something. You have to call a lawyer. You know, you have to call somebody. Or you could approach it the other way, which seems like the very opposite thing that wouldn't work, which is approaching it from an apologetic sense in a way that you take responsibility for any miscommunication. Just like I started this episode with saying that, yeah, it's possible that I absolutely said something that was misinterpreted or actually miscommunicated by me. And if that was the case, I do apologize for that. And I am sorry to anyone that may have mistaken my words as being insensitive or ignorant or underinformed or whatever it is. I am truly sorry, and it certainly wasn't intentional. So I mean that. I think that's a good approach to any situation is to walk into it humbly and say, you know what? You could be right. You could be right about everything you said. This person who wrote could be right about everything he said. I don't think he is, <laughs> but he could be. And the key is I'm open to being wrong about what I believe is right. And that helps me get through the day. Again, it may not work with bigger issues. It may not work with these global issues I'm talking about. I'm just talking about what affects me, what affects you personally, and what you can do to make your day a little better. And what I talked about today may or may not work, depending on your situation. But approaching something humbly and showing someone that you're being vulnerable, that you are dropping your armor, dropping your fists, and you're standing there knowing that they could attack you. You're actually trusting them not to attack you when you're in this position. It's very scary. And it doesn't work for every situation. You have to pick your battles wisely. But in the examples I talked about at work, in your relationship, and yes, I know some relationships can be dangerous, when you're in groups of other people, when you're uh, alone with another person, these are all situations that maybe could call for a humble approach. And some approaches simply can't be humble. You've tried and tried. You've been humble. You've done everything you possibly can. And it still doesn't work. Which comes back to my original point. Sometimes you have to take a stand, even if you're scared as hell. So before my final words, I want to tell you about Neurohacker. Neurohacker is the company that creates a supplement that I use called Qualia Mind. I've been on it for about what, two and a half, three months now. And I got to tell you, I am digging this. I love it. I always talk about it. And my girlfriend even asked me, did you remember to take your Qualia Mind today? And I say, of course I did. <laughs> because I have a good memory and I have good concentration. I feel mentally clear and I'm not procrastinating on anything anymore. And I just feel energetic and creative. So that's why I talk up this product. It is something that I was introduced to several months ago. And I was so glad that I started taking it. And um, back then I told you about a couple of things that happened to me. I had this amazing, very visually clear image of the house I used to live in. That was pretty wild. That's never happened to me before. I also had um, some interesting th things happening when I play my classical guitar. I usually just fumble through these songs and I've been playing the same songs for 20 years and now I'm actually stopping and fixing the mistakes. I just don't do that. I just like to fumble through it and get through the song, but now I'm actually stopping and fixing the mistakes and working through the songs and understanding the structure and the sound 
and it makes me feel really good to play these songs a lot better than I used to and just keep improving. So I'm noticing that. And now, even recently, I've been doing these midweek shows. Do you realize how much is involved in creating? I mean, you, you probably do, but maybe not everyone knows how much is involved in creating not only a weekly show, but a midweek show on top of that and my other podcast, Love and Abuse. So I've been doing almost three episodes a week and transcribing them. I mean, I don't know where it's coming from. Well, I do, but I think it really is quality of mind. And uh, it's coming out of me and I'm getting so much done. And um, taking quality of mind has been quite a life changer. So I wanted to share this with you. I want you to go to neurohacker.com and your first month you'll get 50% off right off the bat. And uh, if you use the code TOB when you're checking out, you'll get another 15% off. So take advantage of that deal. And if you've never tried anything like this, let me just tell you what makes them different. They utilize complexity systems science to approach formulation. I know that's a mouthful, but that means they consider the entire ecosystem of the body when developing their formulas. So this results in a supplement that supports cognition and upregulates the entire body for well-being. They have 28 vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO ingredients. And uh, check out their label. Go to their site, neurohacker.com, and they'll give you the full list of ingredients. They're very transparent. So again, neurohacker.com. That's N-E-U-R-O hacker.com. Get your 50% off and then use the code TOB and get another 15% off on top of that. Well, before we close the show, I wanted to kind of wrap this up just like I did in that last episode. You know, the uh, sometimes you have to take a stand to make a change in your life, even if you're scared as hell, even at a risk. You know, I tell this story all the time when my stepfather showed up at my mom's house after they were separated for a couple months. It was the first time I had to stand up to him. The first time I was in my 40s. First time he shows up after they've been separated and he's really not allowed in the house. And here I am. I hadn't seen him in years, and for the first time, I chose to stand up for him at the risk that I believed he would punch me. I truly believed it would happen, and so I stood up to him, and I said, I'm sorry, you can't come in. It was this was the scariest thing, probably one of the scariest things I've ever done, but because I did it, because I stood up to him that day, it strengthened me. It filled my integrity and my character. It made me feel mentally strong. It strengthens you when you stand up for what is right for you, especially when there's risk. Because if there's risk, there's usually a fear of loss. Because you might fear losing your job, losing your income, losing your security, losing your house, losing your life. You might have these fears. And I'm not saying you should go risk your life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that sometimes we equate loss with losing our life. Sometimes we're in a situation where we think, oh my God, if I lose my house, it's over. If I lose my job, it's over. We just put some absolute conclusion on it and we think that's the end. It'll be over. If I lose the person I love, it's over. It can be scary. It can hurt you can be full of fear going through it. But this is what I'm talking about. When there's an injustice, when there's someone treating you badly, when you're not being treated fairly, sometimes you do have to stand up for yourself 
even at the risk of loss. So this is the gray area that could be misinterpreted, and I don't want it to be. I don't want you to stand up to someone that beats you up and hurts you. I don't want you to do that. You might want to do it, but I don't want you to do it. I hope you don't do it because I don't want you to get hurt. And I don't want you to feel like you're going to lose your life or you're going to be in a mess and you'll end up in the hospital or you're going to lose your home. I don't want any of that to happen to you. I, I, I want you to have a great life. I want you to be able to get rid of the toxic people in your life and get out of the toxic situations in your life so that you don't have to face those every day. That terrible neighbor, for example. You don't want to have to face that every day. So you can take the approach that we talked about in this episode or you can stand up at the risk there could be loss. A good example of this, and this is probably a terrible example, but it's a good example in my life, is that when I was in like sixth grade, I think, there was a kid, I think his name was Brian, in the school that I just started going to. And I was going there for like, I don't know, several weeks. And this kid, I'll call him Brian, I'm not sure, Brian kept coming up to me and said, hey, want to fight? Let's fight. For no reason. I did nothing to him. I, I didn't want to fight. I was not a fighter. I was the biggest placator. I was a people pleaser. I was the balancer. I was the middle child in my family. I didn't want to fight. I didn't even know how to fight. But this kid kept coming up to me. You want to fight? Come on, let's go outside. Let's fight. And I was getting sick of it, but I didn't know what to do because I was so scared. So I finally went home and I told my dad, I was living with my dad at the time, and I said, Dad, you know, this kid keeps coming up and asking me to fight. I don't want to fight. I don't know what to do. And he says, you know, a lot of them are just talk. You just have to call their bluff. And I said, what? <laughs> I have to call this bully's bluff? Then what? What if he hits me? And I forget what my dad said. I think it said something like, well, then he hit you. And I thought, well, well, I don't want to be hurt. And he said, you'll get over it. You'll be fine. You know, sometimes kids fight. And I thought, that's nuts. <laughs> you want me to get into a fight? And he says, of course, I don't want you to get into a fight. But kids like that, they, they just talk. They just talk. So, you know, that's my advice. <laughs> so I went to school the next day and I'm thinking, I can't say this. I can't say, all right, let's do it. But what I did was decided that it was worth the risk because I was really getting sick of getting picked on. I was getting sick of it. And I thought, all right, you know, if I have to take a punch or two to stop this from happening, I'll do it. I mean, again, I'm not giving you this advice. I'm saying this worked for me, that sometimes you have to take a stand even at the risk of loss. So here comes Brian once again. Brian, as usual, says, hey, let's go out and fight. You want to fight? Come on, let's go out and fight. And I said, all right, let's do it. Let's go out and fight. You've been asking me every day. Let's go do it. <laughs> and he pauses and he looks at me kind of funny. And then he says something I totally didn't expect, which was, oh, no, man, I'm just kidding. You're cool. You're cool. And I just sat there and I had probably a lot of curse words going through my head. And I was like, you son of a, every day you've been bullying me. You've been intimidating me. You've been making me almost cry. And now you say you're just kidding. 
And all it took was me standing up for myself at the risk that I could be in a fight. And as awful as it was to go through, um, that moment built character. That moment strengthened me emotionally, mentally. It changed me. I mean, it didn't fully change me. I was still kind of a scaredy cat. I still didn't want to fight, but it proved something to me. It proved that I could do something that I didn't think I could do. Because I knew I wasn't going to say, yes, let's fight. It it was never going to happen. But my dad, he mentored me. He said, just say yes. (laughs) Just say yes. Let's go fight. Let's do it. And when I did it, I discovered something in myself that I didn't know was there. And that's what can happen. This is the kind of change that can sometimes happen. And what I'm talking about, the kind of change in your life, at the local level, inside you, This is the kind of change that needs to happen in you so that you don't walk around in fear. I don't want you to walk around in fear. I don't want you to walk around thinking that people have something over you all the time and they're always threatening you or they're always upset at you and you can't figure out why or whatever it is. I don't want you to walk around like that. Nobody wants to walk around like that. Of course not. So I look at everyday situations like relationships and jobs and people in the grocery store, things that just happen on a day-to-day basis to most people. And I think, how much do we let people mistreat us? How much do we let people disrespect us? And that doesn't mean you should just tell them, okay, let's fight. That's not my point. That's not my point at all. It's about the repeated disrespect, the repeated injustice, the repeated bad behavior. If it's continuing over and over again, yeah, might be time. Might be time to take a stand. For you, to show that you care about yourself, to show that you have more respect for you than anyone does. And you're willing to stand up for you and take the hit. Not that you want it to happen. Not that I'm suggesting you get into any physical altercation. I'm saying that sometimes we limit ourselves in what we think we can do because we think of the worst case scenario and then we don't do it because it's just too scary. And when you start to surpass that fear and start to live in integrity with what you want, in alignment with what you value in your life, and you honor yourself and you show up as a good person and you're still being treated unkindly and unjustly, that maybe it's time to take a stand that you haven't taken before. Maybe it's time to speak up, even at the risk of loss. And that is scary. And I want you to be careful with that because some people won't be joking, quote, joking, like Brian in the school I went to. Some people won't be joking. Some people will take it farther. So you have to be careful. At the same time, for me, if I've had enough, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to put a stop to it one way or the other. And if I can't stop them, I'm going to get away from them. Because some people you can't stop. Some people are just wild cards and you kind of have to stay away from them. So I hope the essence of my message comes across today. I want you to know that you are amazing. I appreciate you. I want you to have the best life possible. I want you to step into your power and learn, heal, grow, and evolve so that you can create the life you want. No one should have to worry every day about that jerk across the street or that jerk in the office or that jerk in the grocery store. No one should have to worry about that kind of stuff. So this is one approach to many of life's challenges and I hope 
you were able to get something from today's episode. Thank you again for joining me. We'll talk again soon.